Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Just like we were doing moments ago as we were worshiping the Lord and enjoying the presence of God. Do all that you can do to absorb that, to soak it up, to soak it in. Because it's there that you're going to receive strength that you need and guidance that you need and help that you need. How many knows that the Lord knows exactly what you need before you arrive at the place that you need it? God isn't caught off guard. God doesn't have to play catch up. God doesn't say, well, I wasn't expecting that. There's things that happen in our lives that we experience that we can truthfully say that was a surprise or that caught me off guard. I, that was the, the least that I was expecting. I didn't see that coming, but God doesn't have that opportunity. He's not afforded uh, that ability to say that because he knows all things and he knows right where you are and he knows where you're going to be tomorrow. So therefore, he knows what you need in this service tonight. And he, he gives us severally from the scripture, from the word of God, what we need to withstand the things that are coming. Because the enemy has plans, he has things that he has devised. Uh, the Bible discusses that, it talks about that. And we have to be careful that we are receiving the things that we need that inoculate us against the attacks of the enemy. And so he says here, put on the whole armor of God in verse 11. And then we see this is reiterated again in following verses in verse 13. He is talking about putting on the whole armor of God again. So two times this same statement is made. Put on the whole armor of God. Take on the whole armor of God. So what he's emphasizing to you and I, we don't need to leave anything out. But we need to make certain that we put on the whole entire Christian armor. It's important that we not leave any portion of it out. And it's so easy for us to leave out certain portions and certain details in our relationship with God. Matter of fact, there are certain aspects of this that we could talk about that we like that are our candy stick, as it were, what we like to emphasize, and we're never going to leave home without it, if I could say it that way, but other portions of it that we see as encumberment, and we see it as weights, or we see it as something that we could live without. But he is admonishing you and I to take on the whole armor of God. And so he says it twice in this particular passage. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not. And so he's emphasizing that we're not wrestling physical things. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Boy, haven't we seen that in the last few months and years, really, 
spiritual wickedness in high places. Somebody is pulling the strings behind the scene. We're seeing it in lofty positions, evil and wickedness that is abounding in our world today. And it's in high places. It's not just in a low position where it has no influence, but evil has influence in the earth today. It has influence in the world today. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, he said. You know, we like to put a name on it. We like to label it. We like to put a face on it. We like for it to have a personality. We like to say, well, it's that person or that individual. We like to point fingers. But he said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. What you can see with a physical eye is really not what is motivating this thing. And I want to tell you the troubles and the chaos that is abounding in our world today. You're a fool if you think that it's being orchestrated just by flesh and blood. But there's a spirit that motivates that. There's a spirit of hate that is loose in our world today. There's a spirit of division that is loose in our world today. There's a spirit of discord that is loose in our world today. There is a spirit of hating your brother and your sister that is loose in our world today. I can preach this all by myself, but I don't prefer to tonight. I wonder if there's anybody that agrees with the preacher and can say amen tonight to the fact that there's wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you, there he goes again, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. He's talking about the day that you and I live in. And having done all, all that you can do in your own grit and your own determination. And I do believe that it takes the human will being fully decided and fully determined in order to live for God. I don't believe that you can haphazardly without a made up mind live for God. I don't believe that you could serve God with just having a flim flam complacent attitude, a cavalier attitude about the things of God and your commitment to the things of God. Hallelujah. But I believe with all of my heart, if you're going to live for God in this day and hour, you're going to have to be sold out. Your mind's going to have to be made up. But after you've done all that you can do to stand, oh, then you've got to have faith to just keep on standing till your help comes. How many has ever been there in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a situation in your life, and you wondered how you was going to be able to make it, but you just stood steady, and your help came, and your strength came, and God came through, and God provided, and God made a way where there seemed to be no way for you. Hallelujah. He'll do that every time. Sometimes you just got to you gotta do like Moses. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm standing before a Red Sea. I got Pharaoh and his army that's breathing down the back of my neck. But I know what God said. And we're going forward in faith. And we're going to believe God for the miracle. And it was when it seemed like there was no way out that God parted the Red Sea. And the Bible said they walked over the entire camp of Israel all dry don't tell me God's not able to take care of your situation the same God that was the God then is the God that is for us now hallelujah come on let's worship the Lord and give him praise when you've done all you can do stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth Amen. We need to love and embrace truth like we never have in our lives because this world is in delusion. 
people are trying to water down. They're trying to homogenize the truth. You need to take it as purity. Having your breast plate of righteousness on. Amen. We, we need to live godly, wholesome, righteous lives. We call it holiness, but whatever you term it, righteousness or holiness, you can't really separate the two terms, but we need to live according to the Word of God, not according to the will of this world or the construct of this world. You know, a lot of people, they think they're living righteous if they're living just a little bit behind whatever the world is doing. And as the world gradually changes, they gradually change. Well, that's not what this Bible says. This Bible is forever settled. This Bible is uncompromising. This Bible is the most stable thing that there is in the world. This world, this word never changes. Amen. It, it isn't up for debate or to be altered, but it stays the same. And so whatever whatever we lived when we first got in this thing maybe years ago, we need to be living it now. And I would say if, if we've ever been fervent on it, we need to be fervent on it now. If we've ever been settled on it, we, if you've got any debate going on in your mind about what we believe and what we teach around here, you need to settle those issues because we're living too close to the end. You need to get it in your heart and say, God, let me get it in my heart. I don't want to be resistant against truth. I don't want to be one that does not want to open my heart to whatever the truth may be that you're trying to reveal to me. I'm not looking for a loophole, folks. I'm not looking for some way to do it easier. I'm not looking for an easier way out. But God has already told me through His Word what it's going to take. And it's my job to be obedient to it. Amen. And so many times we want to, we, we want to, we want to try to find some kind of little thing that, that gives us an out. And we try to, to take a little portion of Scripture and twist it around to mean something other than what it does in its context. And that's not the will of God. you got to take this whole thing. I'm reminded over there in the book of Revelation when that book, that little book was given to them. He said, eat it and eat it all. Amen. A representation of the Word of God. He, he said, don't just eat a portion of it. Just don't, don't take out of it what you're hungry for what you have an appetite for, what is appealing to you. Amen. But you've got to take it all in. That's the only way you're going to find balance. That's the only way it's going to make sense to you. That's the only way that you can receive the spiritual nutrients that you need is to eat it all. Amen. I, I'm just like you. Mama used to put those, uh, you know, we had, used to have those plates that had them sections in them like you used to get at school. And Mama would fill one of those sections up with spinach. You know, I, I wasn't much of a spinach man. I'm still not much of a spinach man. Looks like chewed cow cud to me. Looks horrible. And uh, I like greens. I, I suppose they look the same, but there's something about the spice in them and the bacon and, and all the other things we put in the greens that makes them a little bit better. But this raw... 
I like spinach salad, but I don't like that stuff that comes out of that Mr. Green can. It's slick and slimy. And my mom said, you're not getting up until you finish your food. You got to eat it all. I said, why do I have to eat it all? That's where the vitamins are. That's where the nutrients are. You can't get nutrients all that you need out of macaroni and cheese, out of hot dogs. I know that some of us try to live on pizza, but you can't make it just on pizza. You can't just make it on one thing in your diet. You got to get it all. You got to have a balanced diet, right? Well, amen. You got to take all of the book. You got to take all the preaching. You got to take all. Like the little boy said, Mama, why is it that God put vitamins in spinach? Why couldn't He have put it in ice cream? And that's the way we feel sometimes. Why couldn't he have put it in banana pudding? Why couldn't he have put it in a piece of pie? Why can't it be found, amen, in a cobbler? I'm going to tell you, we, we have to receive. Not everything is going to be sweet to the palate. Not everything is going to be comfortable to us. But we have to receive it. And if we do, we can grow into the stature that God wants us to be. We can grow to become mature saints of God. And we'll be able to withstand in the evil day. Come on, part of taking on this whole armor of God is being willing to take everything for what this book says and being willing to receive it into my spirit and implement it into my life. Amen. That's right. He said, living righteously for your feet and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, Everybody say above all. I better get to my message here. I'll never get to it. Taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And as I begin to consider this scripture, when we think of the shield of faith, it almost seems like a paradox here because when we think of faith, the concept of faith as it's a lot of times seen and displayed, I guess, lived out in Scripture, we think of it being more of an offensive weapon than some type of protective gear. We think of faith being on the offense. However, it's important to realize that faith is not just one-dimensional. Faith is multifaceted. Faith is a very complex thing. Sometimes it is used to obtain things spiritually, and other times it is used to protect us from attacks that come, and all of us are going to experience in our life. It's, it's used to keep us at times. Recently, and I was reading through Hebrews 11, and I noticed something there in those verses among those heroes of faith. Some of them received what they received through faith. And others, they received what they received by faith. And I know that somebody might think that I'm just splitting hairs, but I believe that there's a reason why it says it that way. Because I have witnessed and you have witnessed some great exploits that God has done in our lives through faith. Amen. 
I remember one time we were having a crusade in, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it was in a big, they called it the Cow Palace. It was a big arena there. And there was a crusade that was going on. And uh, in that crusade, there was a lot of folks that needed the Holy Ghost. And they all, of course, at the altar invitation, came up around the altar that desired the Holy Ghost. And there was one young man, I'll never forget, uh, as he was standing there, they were signing to him. He was deaf. And also, he was unable to speak. He was deaf and mute. And so they were signing to him and explaining to him how to repent. And, and you could see tears bathing his cheeks as he was repenting before the Lord. But uh, they were praying that God would fill him with the Holy Ghost. And, and I suppose that the logic mind would try to make exceptions and try to say, well, you know, uh, maybe uh, when he gets the Holy Ghost, it will be in a different manner than somebody that is able to speak because obviously he's mute. He's never spoke a word in his life. And so we couldn't expect God to fill him with I'm going to tell you when God's word says that it comes with a stammering lip and another tongue, you can bank on it. You don't have to make excuses or exceptions for God. God is able to do what his word says he's able to do. And I'll never forget when some of us laid hands on him and explained that God was going to fill him with the Holy Ghost through the interpreter. In just a few minutes, the first words he had ever spoken in his life was in a heavenly language as he received the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, that happens through faith. I'm telling you, God can do great miracles through faith. I'm looking at people in this building. You've seen God work through faith. You've seen God heal through faith. You've seen miracles and openings in the Spirit through faith. You've seen God open doors and work things out and provide and protect and watch over through faith. Amen. Praise God. Matter of fact, we've had to navigate over the last several months through faith. We've had, to, we've had to walk around, amen, knowing that the dangers are out there perhaps, but we, we're doing it through faith. We're standing in faith, believing God that through faith we're going to be able to see Him do great things. We're having church tonight through faith that God is going to touch somebody and work in somebody's life and minister to somebody's need that is here. It happens through faith. Many of you know I was... I was involved with the deal with uh, with Brother Dykes, and Brother Dykes uh, has an external board for his church, and, and I'm one of the members of that. And, and so in that uh, time period when he was very ill and fell into a coma, he had a deal brokered for a new building, a new property. And it was very nice, but it was, it was not in a real strategic location. It was several more square feet than what they had, and it was something that had to be worked on and remodeled extensively. But this is what he wanted, and, and uh, the deal was brokered, and it was at a very good price. And so that was the plan. But, of course, no one intended on him uh, falling sick and being in a coma and out of commission for as long as he was. I think it was, uh, well, over 80 days in the hospital, and most of that totally incapacitated. And during that time, the, the contract for everything that had been signed was coming due and we had to make a decision whether we're going to go forward or we're going to hold off. And so nobody wanted to make that call, of course. Nobody wanted to make that decision for Pastor Dykes. And I would ask his wife, what do you think that he would like for us to do? And she didn't have any ideas. She was not concerned really about that. She was concerned about her husband and I didn't really want to worry her with it anymore. So we just kind of kept kicking the can down the road and finally... He did uh, come out of the coma and 
when he was able uh, to think about such things. It was presented to him, and he said, you know, I think it'd be best considering the situation that we hold on. And that was a hard call for him because he was, you know, looking forward to the church advancing and getting this new property and, and, and doing these uh, new things in a new area for God. And that was his vision. He wanted to move forward with the building. But uh, he just had to call it off because of his physical condition. And then it wasn't but maybe a, uh, not even really a full year later, the same realtor called him and began to talk to him about another building. And he said, a Wesleyan church is moving out of this building. They want to sell it. He said, I haven't even listed it, put it on the market, but I thought of you. And he said, I'm telling you, I think you can get this building at a good price. And when he drove by the building, he found that it was in a much better location. And he found that it was a much better building that didn't require any immediate attention as far as remodel was concerned. And so it just, I mean, it, it looked like a no-brainer, really. Yes, I want the building. And matter of fact, when he got the building under contract, there were those that were offering $300,000 more than what he had had the building in contract for if they would breach the contract and let them have the building. Of course, they couldn't do that. But if anything would have fallen through, he would have never gotten the chance again. But God was in it all the way through. He bought a building for a little over, I think, $800,000 or $750,000 that is now appraised at $1.3 million. And so they moved in and they worship in that building today. And now we just, just the other day was that building was dedicated and we was there preaching their uh, 25th pastoral anniversary. And I thought about that. Had, had everything went through like he thought it was going to go through earlier and, and all the disruption, all the things that happened and everything that seemed like it was throwing him off of this deal going through that he had hoped for and envisioned. But God had a better plan. And through faith, he stepped out into that plan. And God gave them literally a miracle. And just uh, in the last uh, weeks, uh, their other building, they had it, it under contract to sell it. And so very likely they could be in this new building without any cost whatsoever, just basically changing addresses. And that is a miracle that God provides for his people. I'm telling you, God is able to do things through faith if we'll trust him. God is able to open doors. God is able to make a way. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you may be going through. I don't know what you're praying about. I don't know what you're believing God for. But it may look like an impossibility. And it may look like the door got slammed in your face. But through faith, we're going to see the miracle come to fruition. Through faith, God is going to work it out. Come on, somebody believes what I'm talking about. Why don't you lift up your hands? Why don't you give some praise unto the Lord right now? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I, I hope to God that some, there's some people in this house that says through faith, I want God to use me. Through faith, I want to be a soul winner. Through faith, I want to see God bring revival to this church. God, I want to see your spirit poured out unprecedented measures. I want to see a work of God accomplished like I've never seen before. Through faith, it can happen. 
Amen. 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 Well, let me just read it to you. It said, through faith we understand that the worlds are framed by the word of God so that things which are seen are, were made were not made of things which do appear. In other words, uh, we're seeing beyond what is the physical obstacles that are out there. Just, just what we can see with the physical eye. We can look beyond that and know that through faith, uh, amen, we understand that God is able to do what we need Him to do in our lives. Through faith. Through faith. Amen. Through faith. Uh, the Bible tells us that they obtained a good report. Those saints in this particular passage who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in the fight, uh, turned to flight the enemies of aliens. Uh, women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection through faith. And all of these, uh, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. In other words, there was something better that they had their eyes on than just what would happen here in this earth, in this world, in this life. They had their eyes on a heavenly reward. They had their eyes on something greater. If the devil could cause us to, he would like for every one of us to settle for something less than what really God is able to do in our life. Come on, is there somebody that wants something better than what you got? Is there anybody in this house that feels like I do? I haven't seen my best days. I haven't been used to the greatest extent. I haven't been anointed to the greatest extent. I haven't seen the greatest revival. I haven't seen the greatest outpouring. I haven't seen the greatest move of God. Oh, my God, is there somebody in this house that wants to see a bigger miracle and a greater work for God accomplished? Why don't you go ahead and stand with me right now. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Through faith. It can happen. It can happen. It can happen. It can happen. I said it can happen. Through faith. Through faith, you're... Your son or daughter can pray through the Holy Ghost. Through faith, God can heal the marriage. God, through faith, you can work in my finances. Through faith, you can provide for my need. Through faith, you can protect me. Through faith, you can watch over me. Through faith, you can work. It can happen through faith. I have much more to preach here tonight, and I, I haven't even scratched the surface of what I thought, but maybe I'll do it at a later time. But I really feel like there's people that are grasping a hold of some things in the Spirit. Come on. You know, preaching about faith can, can bring you up to the edge. And it can give you a bird's eye view of whatever it is that you want. But there's one thing that the preacher can't do. And that's it, that is that he cannot go beyond a certain limitation that is there. He can describe what it is that God wants to do. He can preach it. And tell you that God wants to do it. And you can be inspired by his word. But at some point you've got to be the one that steps out in faith. And says, God, through faith I'm going to see it happen. Through faith I'm going to see you work. And through faith I want to see the miracle occur in my life.
Amen. I'm telling you, I don't want to be satisfied with just just whatever God has done for me in times gone by, and he's done some miraculous things for me. But God, give me a hunger for something greater. Give me a desire for something more. Give me a thirst for something more. I wonder if there's anybody right now that feels as I do. You want to step out from where you are and say, Preacher, you preach me into a ram of faith, and I want through faith to obtain some things in the Spirit. There's greater blessing. There's greater revival for me. There's prayers that you want to answer. There's lives that you want to impact. Through my life, you can use me to do it. You can use me to see it come to pass. You can use me to see the breakthrough.